inspire, educate, connect. This is Yoga Digest, a vibrant community of passionate changemakers. Hi, my name is Kim Bauman, and I'm the founder of One Love Movement, a nonprofit dedicated to advancing social justice. I am so excited to bring you One Love Heroes, a podcast about ordinary people with true stories of humanity, love, and courage. Some from people you already know and others from people you'll want to know. Come along with us as we set out to discover stories that will touch your heart. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super excited about today's interview um, because I'm sitting here with the incredible Carrie Walsh Jennings, who um, this is like a childhood dream for me because I remember when I was in grade school playing volleyball and um, I even got a best setter award, which is like really funny to me to think about going back on. But um, so for me, I, um, I just feel super nostalgic that after all these years of being in elementary school and then grade school and playing volleyball, getting cut from the team in high school, that I'm actually sitting here in Carrie Walsh's house. So it's really, really like a, a almost like a manifested dream from a very small age. So I feel super special Aww. and super excited. It's mutual. <laughs> And I'm just honored to get to be here. So thank you, Carrie, so much for for having me over. My pleasure. Um, it was like I just couldn't wait for this day. I was super excited to get to for the 31st to come, so I could to drive, drive three, three hours on the way up here <laughs> and see you. Well, I'm pumped as well, and I love when things manifest in life. Yeah. Some good work. That's all you're doing, and that's how it is. Yes. Um, so definitely, one of the things that I'm super uh, in awe of with Carrie is how she is the kind of superstar that I want to be aligned with because she create, uses her global presence to create a global movement. And that movement is called P1440, which translates into being alive and living powerfully all 1,440 minutes of each day. So we're going to hear more about that soon. And I wanted to start with kind of a funny question that I thought, because I, I didn't realize this, so I started really stalking you <laughs> online, and then I had a friend that mentioned this to me as well, because she's obsessed with you. But in 2015, you were on Celebrity Wife Swap. What? <laughs> okay. So tell me, tell me, how did that happen? Oh, God. Let, let, we don't start. talk about that in this household. <laughs> did you see the episode? <laughs> Oh, I watched God. a bunch of clips of it. Yes. Oh yeah, you probably yeah. Oh, it literally makes me hot and uncomfortable. I'm blushing right now. So it's you are actually, turning a little pink. I am hot. <laughs> I can picture myself in this horrible wig at a strip club, and I was like, "What is happening? This is not worth it." Um, okay, a it was a really wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Like Tammy Roman, who I swapped with, and her family, who I went and lived with lived with in quotation mm-hmm. marks. I was actually mm-hmm. a hotel, but, um, it's so fake, but it's so fun. And, um, so anyway, so I was asked for years to go on that show and I was like, I will never 
ever. I can't do it. You know, like (laughs) no way, Jose. And then my husband and I were at a point where like, we want to build a house Mm -hmm. and we could use some money. And so they asked again and we're like, we're in, (laughs) we're so excited. This It was perfect. (laughs) And we're like, so we just need to make sure we go in and we own our message and we, we can't be manipulated. And, um, but it was such a wonderful experience. The production company was wonderful and we were treated really, really respectfully. So it was, we chalk it up to a great experience. I don't think I will ever do something like that again because it's reality (laughs) TV, but it's like, you have to be an actor. Like, and Tammy Roman comes from that world and she would just nail the scene and like get out. And like, I was like in awe of her and me, I'm like taking it seriously. And I'm like crying when I'm like doing the rule changes. And it's, it was pretty funny. Um, so it was, hilarious yeah but please for your audience please don't go watch that because it's like (laughs) mortifying but the best thing is is that it's like a little kind of time capsule of our kids because our kids were younger and so now if I see it on tv you know I I will watch it just to watch my little babies when they were a couple years younger you know yeah and it's a good story I mean I'm sure lots of stories (laughs) it was an experience I mean life is you know meant to be experienced and it really was we got to meet great people and, you know, I was confirmed to the fact that I don't want to be an actor. Um, that world is not for me. Yeah. But again, it helped us build the house that we're sitting in today, right. which is, which is beautiful, beautiful true. by the way, oh, everyone. Thank you. And it's right in near the beach. It's gorgeous. So. Yeah. So then it's on, Wife Swap is only one week, right? And you're living in a hotel, but then you're going there and you're inserting your own mom rules to that family. Yeah. Is that kind of the so, idea? Yes. Okay. So two celebrities, which is a very mm-hmm. relative term because I'm nowhere near a celebrity. Um, two celebrity wives swap places for okay. a week. I think I think I was there maybe three or four days. So they cheat a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, you have the option to stay in their house yeah. or to stay in a hotel. Both okay. of us opted for the hotel. And then for the first couple of days, you live under their rules. Uh-huh. And then after the couple of days of seeing how they live, you implement your rules. And yeah, and Tammy and I, um, at least for the show, we were just polar opposites. Right. You know, like it it was, it was really enlightening. It was Mm -hmm. really fun to see how she lives and like playfulness in her life. Mm -hmm. And she's an entrepreneur. She has a spirit that's incredible. And then for me, I just felt like I was such like so vanilla and so (laughs) traditional and kind of just too structured. Like it was enlightening Uh to me to be like, maybe I should loosen up a bit, Yeah, (laughs) you know, but in my, in my life, like my structure is sanity yeah because we just want to get things done so but it was really really fun yeah it was fun they kind of looked at me like I was this crazy girl coming to their house you know well and you're so you're so innocent so it's just that's to me what I thought was funny because you're so you're so innocent that it's like you're in that setting so it was funny yeah I grew up in a bubble Mm -hmm. you know I mean I'm as wide as can be and I go into this urban home and they're so (laughs) rad and they were so welcoming but yeah I was a fish out of water um in so in some in cultural ways but obviously we're humans and they're wonderful and it was really cool experience for sure Cool. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm that I'm sure I speak for millions of Americans as well is that I'm really impressed with with your fight, your fight in like your competitive nature, but also your kindness behind everything, which is really cool to. Um, it's cool to see people that you know as a public person, a public figure person, but you can still tell on a screen that they're a human being and they've got kindness behind them. So I like though that you've got these almost, they're they're two different sides where you've got this like soft, innocent carry, but then you've got this, 
you know, this caring, integrity person, but then you've got like a huge fight in you. So where did yeah. you get your fight from? Oh man. Well, I appreciate, mm-hmm. thank you for noticing that. Um, such a work in progress. But you know, if you were to see how I was raised mm-hmm. and if you were to see who I've been surrounded by my whole life, which is my family, mm-hmm. um, I am certainly a product of my culture. You know, mm-hmm. my, if you met my mother, you would understand me through and through. She is little and mighty and has she to me, my mom is literally an angel on earth. Little, like how short is she? Uh, yeah, it's relative. Cause <laughs> you're a peanut. Um, she's five, seven. Okay. Yeah. So and she, you're six. I'm six, five? two and a six, bit. Oh, six, no. Two. Oh my gosh. No, I could never pull Six, two. You're six, two and a bit. She's five, six, seven. two and a quarter. Okay. My father's six, eight. I have a six, eight wow. brother. Okay. And then I have my two little sisters, five, 11, five, 10. Okay. But my mother you know, she is an athlete growing up. She's birthed eight children. Three of them, she was a surrogate. She gave birth to triplets for her sister. Um, Whoa. My mother is literally incredible. And she gave birth oh, yeah. to triplets as a surrogate? Yes. They were kids five through eight. Wow. Or six, seven, eight, I guess. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she was like, I think she was turning 37 or something. And her sister, she's one of eight, my mother is. Okay. And her sister was the only kid who couldn't have kids. And she tried in vitro. She tried everything. This was early 90s. Uh-huh. And it was, like, taboo. And it wasn't done. And we're Catholic. And, the, you know, we were, like, my parents were judged uh-huh. for doing this. Like, you're playing God. What are you doing? Anyhow, fast forward three beautiful babies. They were each almost five pounds, like healthy as can be two girls and a boy. No way. Yes. And my mother is a champ. Like she She had three five pound babies on her. Yes. They were just a bit under, I think one was five and the other was just under. And now they're like in their early twenties, like graduated from college. And it's such a trip. I was in eighth grade when this went down. So that's who I am a product of, you know, and she has the biggest heart and she, like, I watched her compete. I watched my father compete growing up and they, there was so much joy when they competed and my, I was always surrounded by family. Um, and if you slight my family, <laughs> you're in deep shit. You know, yeah, there's so yeah. much love, but if it's, you know, yeah, I don't know what I was saying there, but it's like, there's so much love and there's a way to do things. You do it right. You do it with love and integrity. Um, and if you F with me, I'm going to, I'm going to get you, mm-hmm. you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I was raised with. And, um, I like it. Mm-hmm. It serves me really mm-hmm. well in the court, you know, and it serves me well as I kind For of sure. transition being like, you know, people are going to do things the way they do things and you just focus on yourself. That was something that was really like hammered into me growing up, which Mm -hmm. was a gift. And I wish I would have caught on earlier, but it's like, don't like stay in your lane. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about what Sally's doing. Don't worry about what Bobby's doing because that's a distraction. B, don't compare yourself to them and C, it'll take you off what you want, you know, focus on you. And, um, they modeled that for me. So it was really fun. I love that so much, stay in your own lane. Because it's so easy to get caught up in other people's lives to distract yourself from your own. 100%. Exactly. And that's, I mean, and sometimes that's probably a self-preservation. You're like, I don't want to focus on what's going on in my life. I need a distraction. But I also think it's just bad habit. Right. You know? I mean, I think I look outside of myself a lot for inspiration. Mm -hmm. Like, I love seeing the beautiful things in nature and in human beings. Um, But I also tend to... You know, just I do. I get distracted by people's viewpoints on me mm-hmm. and what I'm doing, and it's just noise that I don't mm-hmm. need in my life. You know? It's huge noise. Oh God! And it's all in my control. Literally, if I work hard and if I'm just so on point, I don't even hear it. 
but I know what I know when I'm in a funk when I start hearing and paying attention to what yeah. people are saying, and so it's kind of a little red flag that, that pipes up lately. Yeah. People have been very loud, and it's my own damn fault. <laughs> you know? I think people have been very loud. Yeah, Man, yeah, but it's like they're always there, but I'm just choosing to hear it right mm-hmm. now. It's and it's hard to when you do shift yourself and focus on that because you know that it's not empowering for you. Exactly. Oh, it's toxic. It's so bad. I mean, there's certainly like fuel to the fire mm-hmm. when there's naysayers and people who are picking mm-hmm. holes in your points and who you are. And I, I'm starting to learn to enjoy having a chip mm-hmm. on my shoulder, but largely, yeah, I don't. So want do that you uh, do you read the comments and do you see that stuff or do you just sort of? Like, no, it's there, but you don't entertain it. How yes. do you manage that for yourself? You know, largely, I don't see. I'm trying to look more because mm-hmm. there's so much. It's literally 99.5% really beautiful. And I have this t- terrible habit about focusing on one negative. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm having a bad day with regard to 1440 and I'm just wanting to feel support, I can go and I'm like, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's like a tangible result. I can see it. People mm-hmm. are supporting. Like, let go of the nonsense. Yeah. So I really, you know, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I use it. And it's easy to focus on that one comment that brings you down, especially when you are just, you have good intentions. Right. And then to feel insulted by yes. that one comment, it just, it does bring you down. Yes. Sure. It really does. Yeah. So you're like, why? Mm-hmm. Hey, who has the time <laughs> to be a jerk like that? And be like, come on. Yeah. yeah. But then no. it's like, wait, there's all these people are saying wonderful things too. But then we focus on no, oh, I negative. Know. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. So yeah. it's good. It's helping me like grow up ultimately. And it's really a clarifying thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Just focus on what you want in life. For sure. And more of that will come. Personal growth. Yeah. So then when you're on the court, how do you manage that kind of pressure? So how do you manage? I mean, I can't imagine competing the way you compete and keeping it together. So how do you not fold in those, in those moments and keep yourself together? You know, I, I just love it. Like I love, I love my sport. I love competing against the best. Um, even if I'm having a really bad game, there's an element of joy to that because I'm doing what I love. It's just a shitty game, you know, Mm -hmm. that it will hurt me, but I don't know. So I don't really know what folding means. Like if you're going to challenge me, if you're going to try to break me, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) If I believe in something, if I like half ass kind of don't care, but kind of care, like I, I can easily fold and walk away. But generally I'm really focused on just spending time toward that, which I love that I will die for that. I will commit a hundred percent and commit to the discomfort and the challenges and all these things. And my time on the court and as an athlete has just been so fun. And there's something that's so rewarding when you're challenged and you don't give up, you know, regardless of the end result that you just, you have this resolve and this commitment alongside your teammate in my case. Um, and you're just, you know, working through it together. Mm-hmm. That's a really beautiful yeah. kind of metaphor for life. Sports have been everything to me. Mm-hmm. It's been like Cliff's notes on how to live life. How old were you when you hit your first volleyball? Ten. Okay. I was ten years old. Fifth grade. And it was love. It was love. love for, oh, man. Love first hit. Truly. I swear to you. <laughs> like, it, I, I think I literally had an aha moment. Really? <laughs> yes. Ooh, that's cool. Yes, it was so fun. Like, and I, w- I still am. Like, I was such a geek for it. Like, I would go uh-huh. home and it was like a dance I was learning, you know. And I'd work on my approach and I'd look in the mirror and I'd work on my arm swing, and I just couldn't get enough. And how did that happen? Was it by chance, or did you choose it, or did someone say, "Hey, yeah. you should"? 
You're tall. You should play volleyball. Uh, um, <laughs> well, probably Which all of these things. Lot, right? I know. I know. I love when they say, are you a model? I'm like, aha. <laughs> no, so far from it. You've got to go check your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, that happens never. I get called Mr. more than I get called a model. Um, <laughs> no, you know, volleyball. So I played a lot of sports growing up. And then in the fifth grade, um, in junior high, it's like the first sport that's offered for girls in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was the coach. And it was just, I was playing at St. Mary's in Las and it was just a sport that I was going to sign up for. No idea that I would love it so much. You know, my, my mother played at Santa Clara University. She played volleyball. Oh, that's so um, cool. And I just found out she played soccer there. Like, and powder puff football. My mom was gnarly. Um, and she carried three and, fat pound babies. Yeah, she's had eight <laughs> children. She's nuts. Um, she's amazing. And my father is equally amazing. Um, but yeah, so it was just there and I went for it, but I fell in love right away. And then that, after that season, then I started playing club mm-hmm. and I just, my parents could see I loved it so much that I just kept going, mm-hmm. you know, and just haven't stopped. And when you were younger, did you ever say in your head, one day I'm going to play in the Olympics? I didn't. I never had any thoughts like that. You know, I think actually, to be honest, like the 1992 dream team, remember with Jordan and yeah. Magic Johnson? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Insanity. I was the biggest fan of like Bulls, Scottie Pippen, the whole, so all those guys. Yeah. yeah. And I grew up in the Bay Area. So Chris Mullen, who was on mm-hmm. the team as well, and Tim Hardaway. And so they were my first like, oh, what is this Olympics gig? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was older at that point. I think I was 14. Um, but no, you know, I, I keep thinking about it and it's just, my life has always made sense. The next logical step keeps happening. And I think it's cause I'm just, I know what I want uh-huh. in the moment and kind of in this big picture of, you know, volleyball, my career, I know what I want. And then there's always like an ending to that goal and then a transitional time. And right. it's always made sense. What's next. So, you know, I wanted to go to Stanford. That was my big, biggest dream, you know, my first biggest dream, uh, my freshman year at Stanford, we actually played the national team, who was just... And you got a full ride to Stanford, I got a full right? ride, that's, yeah. Otherwise, that's it wouldn't amazing. have happened. It was so That's hard. amazing. Oh, well, yeah. I hit... I, like, got so lucky. <laughs> because so you were I didn't belong there. Smart in enough, many ways and well. you were an athlete, and you got a full ride to Stanford. That's huge. It was huge. It was yeah. the biggest blessing, for sure. Because academically, I should not have gotten in. I mean, there were... Yeah, and I'm still floored that I got in, but my athletics got me there. And I worked my butt off, you know, and I loved it. And it was such a gift to me. And I learned and I grew a lot from being in that environment of just mm-hmm. overachievers and like world shakers. And it was really fantastic. So anyhow, yeah. So that was like the start of me dreaming big. Mm-hmm. And then it just obviously hasn't stopped. Yeah. yeah. And then you met Misty May, now or Misty May trainer, I should call yeah. her. Yeah. So you met her in high school, but then did you guys did. know each other or stay in touch throughout college and... Or how, and then how did that come together? So, yeah. So she was literally like my Michael Jordan growing up. Like I, I idolized her and she was only one year older than me. So that to me, because usually you look at someone who's like, you know, like a class above or whatever, but she's, she was so amazing to me. And so when I remember, I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, we were at the same tournament and I asked her for her autograph and I was so nervous and it was like a big deal to you me. asked she her was, for her oh yeah rap. and she oh like God, literally oh it was like now I'm like that's so cute <laughs> like that's right and she totally did it and she was that big like she in our sport she was and will always be and deservedly so I may be amazing uh-huh. and one of the best obviously um yeah so that was that and then we didn't ever hang out you know mm-hmm. we never did any national team programming together until until we partnered up 
you know. So we were competitors for most of our careers indoor. And then after the Sydney Olympics in 2000, she was looking for a partner and I was looking for a new thing, you know. And so we partnered up. And it was so magic. how do you like look for a partner? How did you get word that she was looking for a partner? Well, our parents actually had a big play in that. So at the Sydney Olympics, which is in 2000, mm-hmm. which is eons ago, um, she was first playing, Olympics, that was my right? first Olympics okay. and I played indoor volleyball okay. and she played beach volleyball and in indoor volleyball, if you want to make a living, you have to go play in Europe, you have to play overseas or mm-hmm. Asia somewhere. And I'm such a homebody. I did not want to do that. And Misty was playing with a woman who was about 10 years her senior and she really wanted to learn the game and do the next Olympic run with someone more her age. And we were both obviously very familiar with each other, having competed against each other for so long. And our parents got together and said, why don't we set up a tryout? And so I drove down. I was going to Stanford my senior year. I drove down. I tried out with Misty. I literally had like an anxiety attack on the way. I like had to calm myself down. Um, Misty's parents set up these two guys that Misty and I were just going to play against. So it was two hours of literally just playing volleyball. It was so fun. And one of the guys happened to be my future husband. Casey Jennings. No way. Yes. So you met all... It was the most amazing day ever. And I had no idea, clearly, that this would set me on this trajectory to what I have now and the career with Misty and my life with my husband. Like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. It was amazing. So because your parents... Yes. The, the parents got together to yeah. set you guys up. Yeah. And then you met Casey. Yes. Okay, wait. I need to... Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Man, it was just meant to be. And Casey and I, our whole lives, we were like crossing. Uh And there were so many chances for us to meet. We never met. We have so many people in common, all these things. Never met because I wasn't ready for him. Yeah. And I was ready when I met him. Um, I like that. I think same thing with Misty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because it's just a timing. It's so much in life. Um, No, I clearly was not ready for Casey earlier on. So then when, when you met Casey... Were you ready when you met him or did it take some time for you then to be ready and then you guys got together? Well, I was dating somebody and okay. so that had to end. And I didn't even like, I was so enamored with Misty and so nervous about playing yeah. that I didn't even notice him Yeah. until the very last play <laughs> of the day, he almost took my face off and I was like, Oh, and then we both kind of had this moment. But a couple weeks later, like we just started hanging out and working out together uh-huh. and I broke up with my boyfriend and I literally would have married him after two weeks. Really? Like, oh, we fell in love so hard and he moved in and I'm a good Catholic girl. Like I broke all the rules. He, he moved in like literally after four weeks. We oh, I know it. Awesome. I know. We hid it for almost, I think, a year and a half for my parents. Um, it was this scene that was so not like me. Like, I'm buttoned up and I follow the rules. And, you know, it was it was just, we. I just found my guy, you know. And wow. we both had come out of these, you know, heartbreaking relationships that uh-huh. were beautiful but broke our hearts. And we found each other. Wait, we so you were totally on the rebound, but you found, or not well, really, because you were, well, but in the sense of traditional, like, going from one to I the guess next. so. Yeah. So I had a, a boyfriend in college that I thought I was going to marry. And uh-huh. we broke up. And then... Um, and then I dated someone else. Uh-huh. So that was the rebound, yeah. who was a really good gentleman. Oh, and, but, okay. you know, I just wasn't ready. And I was a mess. Yeah. And he was a mess. And then I met Casey. And it was just game over. Like, literally game over. So two weeks in, you knew that he was the person that you wanted to be with. I thought so. He moved in four weeks I mean, later. I was 22. So it's like, I, you know, I wasn't thinking these things. But I knew I loved him. Like, I did not want to be out of the sight, ever. Oh my gosh, so I love that. Yeah, and he was just, he was the same, you know, like when you got it, you got it. So, and since then we've been to heaven and hell and back, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we fought really hard for our marriage and for, sure. for each other and it's been really special. 
So, wow. Yeah, I thank God for that day. I wish I knew the exact day. I bet I could find it somewhere. But I think yeah, I feel like you should. That, that's like a landmark day for you. You meet your oh, husband man. and you meet your three-time Olympic gold yes. medalist partner yes. on the same exact day yeah. and moment. And I cherish Misty so much. And that was the start of, yeah, just a lot of, like, a good you know, mm-hmm. relationship. So then Misty retired, right? Yes. And yeah. then that was obviously the end of your your partnership. Yeah. So then how did you transition to finding because you're so you obviously clicked with her so well, clearly yeah, by we're well successful so the two of you were together. Yeah. Like how did you recreate that kind of trust, that kind of Yeah. Well, you know, so I think like what you look for in a partner, like generally at the highest level of anything, like in my sport, everyone is physical. Everyone can do the physical skills. Mm-hmm. So I really try to put a premium on, um, like the intangibles, the heart, the perseverance, the grit, the integrity, you know, do we see eye to eye? Do we, you know, not that we have to like believe the same things, but our mm-hmm. values similar. And, um, and so it was very clear to me that I want to play with April Ross and she's awesome. And we mm-hmm. had a really good three years together. Um, and so it was just kind of a seamless transition. You know, I was, I think I was preparing, like Misty retired, mm-hmm. unretired, so we can play in one more Olympics and then retired. So I kind of had this roller coaster where oh, I lived that and yeah. I experienced her retiring, you know, and I grieved yeah. and I like, was bad. in that. It was yeah. early, but I was so happy for her. Um, you know, when you're ready, you're ready. My goodness. Awesome. And then she changed, she had a change of heart. And then we had the most amazing year together or two years together. And the last two years of our partnership were the most meaningful for me Mm -hmm. because we were women Mm -hmm. and we started as kids and we like, we just had a deeper relationship. I think a new, new sense of appreciation because we had played apart from each other for a couple of years because I had my two kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Misty played with someone else while I was pregnant. Um, and we knew that we were something special, trying to do something special, mm-hmm. let alone loving each other and all these things. So it was a gift from God to have 2011 and 12 with Misty. Personal connection, I'm sure, makes it so much better um, when it's hard. For <laughs> sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, good. It's like you've got each other. You have to have you know it. each other. Yes. You know what they need. Yeah, because when you, like, trust is only developed over time. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I play with April, we were so different in so many ways with regard to how we think. And like, I'm a very feeling person. She's very analytical mm-hmm. and, um, we trusted and, and respected, but there is some disconnect that I like, it made me reflect like, why didn't I have this with Misty? But I had 11 years with Misty to figure things out, you know, and April and I were trying to and rush this together. Like, before the pros with, with Misty. So oh, totally. Yeah, we had a lifetime. Totally mm-hmm. Yes. And different. we actually, Misty and I experienced tragedy early on. Like her mom passed away in our second year together. And that is as fortifying as it can be. Right? So we experienced life and love and losses. And that, you just, you see each other deeper, you know? And so with April and I, um, we had all of that. But it was just a little bit, it was on a more shallow level. Because we didn't have that time to really go deep and all these right. things. Um, and I think it showed up here and there, you know, when things get challenging and tight, um, you kind of revert to your own silos and your comfort zone. And we didn't have a comfort zone together. Um, whereas Missy and I did, cause we developed that. So moving forward, um, that's something I learned that I want to fight for that. Things get tight. We get closer. We don't go to our individual modes of dealing, you know, like you, you get closer in those moments. And I think too, that it's even just like, if you relate it to, not even just sports, but to childhood friends, like friends you've known at a younger age and grew up together. Yeah. It's, 
those relationships are naturally so much easier than yeah. someone you've known for two years. So. Sure. The same yeah. thing. It's a but, fully loaded situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like our careers are so entwined and so intimate and mm-hmm. I'm so reliant on my partner. And it's just, you know, there's, it's just a lot, yeah. you know, and like you yeah. have your passion project, which you do every single day, like yeah. the people you work with, it matters. And if they're having a bad day, you're probably having a bad day, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's just, it's really interesting just kind of the culture that we're, that we can create uh-huh. in a team. And again, one of my takeaways from my time with April is that it, it matters. Like it's okay to sweat the stuff that makes you uncomfortable, like call it out and talk about it and come to a resolution. Cause if you don't, a, it's a disservice to the person that you respect and it's, it's a disservice to your team because you're not going to grow through this, this discomfort cause you're acting like everything's okay. You know, if you want to do great things, you have to be willing to engage. Mm-hmm. I learned yeah, that when I almost lost my husband, like we would go to therapy and the therapist would be like, Carrie, don't be afraid to get in a fight in an argument. Like that's intimacy. You're working through stuff. He's like, don't live there, but do not be afraid to butt heads and to speak up, you know? Um, and that was a gift to me to hear that. I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. Right. right. Work through it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Instead of, and I never thought I was glossing over it, but in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to whine. I don't want to complain, you know? But it is, it keeps things shallow when the the joy in like being friends with someone is the depth, you know, mm-hmm. but you have to fight for it. You have to work for it. And I think there's something so great in hearing someone else speak up because it shows that they care and they have a say in the matter and they have an opinion about the situation. Um, Yeah, sometimes if I notice somebody is frustrated, I I almost get frustrated that they don't speak up and say that. It's like, say it! Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) I know, but it's so crazy. It's just like, and you could put a personal spin on that, like, Uh it must be me or she doesn't trust me or whatever. Or whatever we do in our, you know, the gymnastics we do in our head with regard to these things, but it's probably not our MO to say it, you know? It's not. So it's it's like, create the environment to make it comfortable. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there's a way to to make it work. The that. So are you, like, when you're, I feel like we've just gone through a lot of your career. Do you ever, does that settle in for you that you're, you've been to the Olympics five times, you've won three gold medals, you've won one bronze. You, uh, I mean, do you, does that stuff sink in for you? Or are you just like, oh, I'm just doing the thing? Man, no, I certainly. (laughs) Yeah, everyone has those. Um, I certainly know how blessed I am and how fortunate I've been and I've lived this amazing life like it's undisputable um that being said the fact that I'm still going and I fell short in the last Olympics and I'm not where I want to be right now with regard to my competitive career like Mm -hmm. I want to be winning we're not winning um it makes me like my past success almost makes me insecure because I'm holding myself to that standard. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you probably uh, feel that from like the public too. Prob- I mean, mm-hmm. sure. But who cares? Like mm-hmm. literally who cares? Like this is, I'm doing this for me mm-hmm. and for my family and I'm doing it to prove to myself that I can do what I think I can do, you know? So yeah, that and my bad days, then I hear the noise of outside, but, um, 
I no, this is that. a selfish pursuit. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do this, you know, <laughs> and I want to do it right. And I want to inspire, do it inspired, but no. So I, I really want to get to the point where I can truly embrace winning the bronze medal at the last Olympics. It still hurts me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm, there's not shame. There's just, it's just it's painful to feel like you failed, you know? So now that I have a new partner, just had two surgeries coming back. I have to climb my way back to the top. Um, my past success feels a little bit like I feel undeserving of it. Like it's just crazy. And I can't wow. wait to have it be a motivator instead of like, I'm shrinking from it, which is just stupid anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's obviously I need to go talk to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, I, I mean, I think that's a very human. I love everything you just said. Actually, I think it's so oh. human because I think that, uh, that, well, first of all, it's amazing that you're, you've won more medal. You're, that's what I'm looking for. You're the most decorated yeah. volleyball player ever, ever, ever in the white world. And then you're, you know, you're still human though, because you are trying to, um, you're intimidated by your past success. And then you're trying to move through your past bronze medal, um, about in your mindset, the failure on that. So I yeah. think that's, you know, I can definitely relate to that, obviously on a different scale, but I think that's, that's really cool to hear. Just well, like the, it's all the, same. the human. You've experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Man. You know, and then I think about like on the athlete side of it, it's like, I think about Kobe, like, I don't know how much you follow sports, but like mm-hmm. Kobe before he retired, mm-hmm. like it was a challenge. And even Peyton Manning mm-hmm. before he retired, like everyone's like, get, get these guys out of here already. And it's like because the results weren't as pretty or weren't what the public thought. And I'm just like, you would have, we would all be less if we didn't see them go through that and triumph. Ultimately Kobe's last game, he scored 60 points. Peyton like finished with a Super Bowl championship. And you know, it's like because the public or because of my insecurities for me to, if, if I were to allow that to keep me out of the game, I would regret that forever because I still have fight in me. And I know Peyton, I know Kobe still have fight regardless. And they were doing it for the fight of it, yeah. you know? And so that's kind of where I'm trying to, I want to do big things, you know? And I want to, I want to kick ass and I got work to do and I'm not afraid of work. So I just need to stay in that mindset, not woe with me. I want a bronze, <laughs> you know, it sounds so silly out loud. <laughs> so how did, um, how did you and Casey, what were the conversations that sparked the creation of P1440 and um, start, let's start, I like, I want to hear the genesis, like how did that yeah. come together? Well, it was actually a long time in the making because I have been on the ADP tour since I was 23. Um, and then I had That's fall- nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. 23? Yes. And then just after the Olympics, I had just turned 38, and I had a falling out with AVP. And I decided to boycott an event because they did things that I felt were ultimately very disrespectful to the sport, to the athletes. And it just, it was the start of And this, so was that, when you say fallout, do you mean like you spoke up about something? I spoke up, okay. and I chose to not play in the event, and I put out a public statement on Facebook. I didn't talk to the media. Like I really wanted to handle it really well. Uh-huh. Um, and because of that, they felt the right to keep a lot of money away from me that I had earned in a personal services agreement. They like, let's call it a wash. You didn't show up and 
you know, that hurt us and now we're going to hurt you. And that was very wrong. And I'm in a, still in a lawsuit with them. And wow. um, we've won the lawsuit two times, two rulings, and now they're appealing it um, for lawyer's fees. Um, so I got paid in full and now we're fighting for lawyer's, lawyer's fees, which are over a hundred grand. Oh my goodness. And I play beach volleyball. Like this is money that I need, you know? Um, and so that was the start of like a separation from the tour that had been my home for so long. Um, I was very unhappy the last couple of years on tour because it's so small and boutique and our sport is so beautiful, but the sport is being kind of held hostage because the people in charge, I think, only see it one way. Mm-hmm. They don't see it that we can be global and ginormous and mm-hmm. the success of the Olympics. Like, we could have that every year, not just once every four years. And so my husband was feeling the same. We had the falling out with the AVP. And then um, Dave Mays and Kasha Mays, like, it's just they were there mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of started hearing things and Casey and Dave reconnected. And who are they to you? Are so they Dave and Casey went to, they were in the same, uh, junior college, you know, and they worked at like the spaghetti bender or something in Newport <laughs> Beach. Like Jay, I think Dave actually got Casey a job when Casey moved from Vegas <laughs> to California. So they just, they were hung out, you know, Dave was a little bit older. Um, and he kind of pioneered a couple things and then Dave went to college and whatever, like they stayed in touch, but very, very much in the periphery. And then Kasha and Dave, uh, were married and, and now they're no longer married, but they're very wonderful business partners and they're, they're in partners with P1440. And so Casey and Dave were talking and Dave just sees an opportunity, you know, Dave and Kasha are just people of the highest integrity. They are so damn smart. Mm-hmm. Um, they I met, love Kasha. She's love. as legit as I get. Oh, you will love him. You'll be like, they're pretty. They're so hilarious together. Um, but Kasha is something very special and um, in her own way and Dave as well. And so they just saw an opportunity. And to me, I just love our sport so much. Mm-hmm. And I see such amazing things for our sport. And I feel like there's so much data that, proves that our sport can be ginormous and it doesn't make sense why we've been so small for so long so um so we just had this meeting we flew to hawaii we met with dave and kasha and mm-hmm. the big island and we're like well what what should we do here you know like should we do this and um we just kind of came up with a concept you know of bringing in other elements um you know beach volleyball will be the heart of us but personal development health and wellness um and then entertainment will kind of round out our offerings at our festivals uh live and then our technology platform and um it's just been gangbusters so all of that was in august and since then we are a fully operating machine we are ginormous august 2017 August 2017. Yeah. yeah. And now we're almost June. We're June 2018. Um, like, so less than a year, we are gangbusters. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Led by Dave and Kasha um, in 90% of it. And Casey and I are doing as much as we can. And, <laughs> you know, just the volleyball side of it, like yeah. we're giving our insights and it's a full-time job. It feels like, you know, um, but we believe, but also like my husband and I have been talking about having an academy for so long because uh-huh. we're so blessed to have experts on command. Like I need a nutritionist. I need a Cairo. I need a trainer to get stronger, to get more dynamic, to lose weight. You know, like I need some mindfulness coaches. I need all these things. We have access to these. And so the concept of bringing in the other elements, it's like everything that is required to live an optimal life everything that's required to be a gold medalist, we're going to give those offerings to the general public. Mm -hmm. And that to me is so exciting because I talk to moms and dads and kids every single week who are like, 
My kids are so overburdened. Me, myself as a parent, I'm so overburdened with all these things I'm supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. but it's crushing me, you know? So we really want to kind of weed through the BS, be kind of the go-to ecosystem to be like, check this out. You know, there's so many voices out there. We want to be, you know, curate the best experts mm-hmm. with the fundamentals of how to live a kick-ass life and give that to the world, mm-hmm. you know? So then tell me, like, walk me through what your vision is for your events. Oh, dude. Okay. So we, so we can, everyone can Yeah. Guess. So our live events. So we're going to have eight events in our first year. Mm-hmm. Our first event is end of September, 2018. Um, and so we're like, in my mind, we're like a rad, badass health and wellness festival with beach volleyball at its core. We are a nine to 10 acre footprint. So we are very, very big. We're going to have, have you ever wow. been to a, to a beach volleyball event? I have. Okay, good. So you have the volleyball stadium, mm-hmm. right? And you have the side courts. So we will have that set up. But also on our footprint, we are going to have a main stage because we are going to have music acts, live music. When the sun goes down, we're going to have sets playing. and It's going to be so dope. Um, from sunrise to sunset, we are going to have programming. So mm-hmm. 8 a.m., the players show up, play starts. You can also do, you know, meditation work with so-and-so yeah we're finalizing new deals but so um oh it's huge so we um yeah i don't know if we're super into personal development and self-help and you know they want to learn from the latest expert you know in mindfulness Mm -hmm. and so we're going to offer these things because that's what we use in our lives to try to kick everyone's ass and to be happy in our lives and you know everyone can use these tools so um it's a two and a half day event it's truly a festival um beach volleyball again best in the world will come and play Mm -hmm. and then we'll have the other elements to round it out and are you going to be at all these events oh uh, hell yeah yes i mean i want to (laughs) win so badly you know we literally it's something that man god we've gotten two very place finishes this year and i want to vomit it's just so hard so hard not winning i was spoiled for so long that sounds that sounds so pathetic but man Winning is so fun, <laughs> and I can't wait to get it back is, there. Yeah, man. So yeah, so <laughs> that's yeah. your fight, though. You're gonna hang on. Oh, to that. dude, that's no, it's gonna, it yeah. clearly clearly hasn't gone anywhere. So <laughs> that's why I'm still in this. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna have the best in the world competing. Um, and something new that we're offering is that usually you it's either domestic tour where it's only Americans, um, or it's like country versus country, like the Olympics. So USA plays Brazil, Germany, and that's the lineup. But for us, we're going to say if, if me as an American wants to play with a Brazilian or wants to play with a German or a Chinese, like you can just the best play with the best. And the athletes love that mm. because it's like the NBA model, you know, like come best in the world. You're welcome come play with us. We're not divided by, by, exactly. by where you're from. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, I mean, the Olympics are so beautiful and so sacred, but we're professional athletes and we need to grow our brands and develop our sport. And the more that we can have more personalities in the sport, um, the world will pay more attention. Yeah. That's why the Olympics is incredible. Cause they tell us, do the storytelling, you know, and once every four years, volleyball is the number one sport of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And Tons of millions for that next four years. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. So we, the whole goal of 1440 is to create kind of where our league, our tour is the meat and potatoes of our sport. And the Olympics are always sacred, but that's a cherry on top. Because right now the Olympics is everything, which keeps the sport very, very small because only two teams per country grow, go. There's only 24 teams in the Olympics. Everyone is only chasing gold medals. 
you know, for four years. But if we can offer a tour like the ATP, like NBA, like MLB, where the athletes mm-hmm. can make a living. That the normal public can go to yes, and yes, participate yeah. and be a part of. Hell yeah. Watch, cheer on. <laughs> yes, and be involved. Because yeah. our sport is so fun. And yeah. the access, it's so up close and personal. Like, literally, we'll have a player's box. And you can be sitting right there, like, listening to myself, my partner, like, strategizing. Sometimes people ask for autographs. Let's make that happen, Carrie. Okay, well, you are invited to all of that. <laughs> but, you know, our sport is really special. And it's largely unknown. Because yeah. we haven't done the job of, you know, getting it out there. But 1440 and our digital partner, our TV partner, we want to be where the people are, you know. And so that's why our P1440.com is huge because we can scale. We can be global. Yeah. We're going to stream everything. And then our live events will be on TV. Oh. And uh, we're going to produce the hell out of them. You know? I love that. Because, it, I mean, think about, like, I've been, I just remember, you know, all the you know, the NFL games I've been to, yeah. I've been to a couple NBA games. It's such a rush. It's so much oh, fun. Man. Yes. And then once you get your favorite so then team, this is like, like you want to creating. Exactly. And you're so going to have an app, right? I've heard that we're going to have, we're okay. going to have everything. Yeah. App. We are, but ultimately P1440 is a technology platform. Like that's okay. our big play. Our, like our live events are the sexy part of us, mm-hmm. but they're finite. You know, like they're very expensive and we can only have so many a year, you know, because athletes can only compete so much and there's only so many weekends Mm -hmm. and all these things. So the technology is where it's at and it's going to elevate our game and the athletes so much. The athletes right now, Kim, literally most people have worked two and three jobs to support their hobby of playing professional beach volleyball. So it's not a true profession. You know, I think the number one player last year in America who is one of the top in the world made $37,000. Wow. And we have to pay for our training. We have to pay for our travel. We have to pay for our hotels. We have to pay for our coaches. So net that out. You're not making a lot of money. And that's the best in America. That's in Right? And no one knows And that. the world probably thinks that that person's fine because they're professionally competing in volleyball. Totally. Well, and you, like, you, if you paid. show up to an event, you think yeah. it's amazing because it is amazing. Our yeah. sport is beautiful. The AVP puts on great events. It's so fun. Um, you can't go wrong with our sport, but mm-hmm. the athletes are suffering. But you will never know that when you show up to an event because we all love it so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's literally, we pay to work and it's a labor of love. And a vast majority of the athletes are okay with that because they've never known better. But I've known better in my career. I've been able to make a true living playing this sport. And that's the perspective that my husband and I have that we're bringing to the world, you know, like we, we need to fight for better because it exists. Oh my gosh. You're going to create, you're creating a major league volleyball. We are. Yes. Oh, I love that you called that. Yes, we are. Yes. That's what it is. I need to write that down and think about that. We are. I just got like really excited. I know. (laughs) We are. Fudge. It's such a big deal. Like NCAA has beach volleyball. These girls can get Mm -hmm. college scholarships at Stanford. For beach volleyball now. That, that makes us relevant wow. forever. So that'll be our wow. theater system. Kids are starting 10 years old playing mm-hmm. juniors club beach volleyball. I like, feel too if Stanford's doing it. That's like... Oh, everyone's doing they're it. They're legitimate. Yeah. Midwest. Like places you would never think in the world are building beach volleyball facilities. Yeah. So it's coming, kids. It's coming. And man. we're leading. And it feels very beautiful to lead it. <laughs> regardless of the scary days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long run. No, I got really into that. I, I loved every moment of it. That's super exciting. You're creating like a major league volleyball group. Hell yeah. That's incredible. We will give you credit if we use that. <laughs> 
So <laughs> tell your, that to Carter, so your first event is at the end of September. Yes. And then what is the best way for people to find out about that? So p1440.com has everything. You can follow at platform 1440, um, on all the social channels, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Um, our, our technology platform, ultimately we're going to be a membership model, Mm -hmm. but that'll start, I think in 2019 or 2020. Um, because we're going to offer so much ratchet Mm -hmm. on our platform where you're going to want to see what we're doing every month Mm -hmm. and the experts we have to give tutorials and all these things. And then our first event is end of September. So yeah, p1440.com. You can sign up for updates. Um, I can't shut up about it. So you can follow me and check it out. But my email, you know, I just And what's your so Instagram fun. handle so people uh, can look that up? At Carrie Lee Walsh. Carrie Lee Walsh. Yeah. At Carrie Lee Walsh. Yeah. Um, I love it, Carrie. That's amazing. It's so inspiring. And we're partnering up. We are. We so are. Exciting. I can't wait. Is it you and me on stage? What are yeah, you doing? We're just going to chat. Yeah. We're going to relive this. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to do yoga with you. I'm going to rest my head. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie's going to carry me up the stage because she's like over a foot taller than I am. <laughs> so Carrie's going to be at our September 23rd annual charity yoga events, our seventh year doing this. And um, it's like a, it's like a dream event for me to, I feel like I've been walking on clouds since I had asked Carrie to speak, and she said yes. So I was super, super, super excited. I literally start my heart starts to be really fast when I think about it. Like it's like a body. Do you get nervous for your events? Completely, of course. And I'm really gonna be nervous because you're gonna be there. Oh come on! I'll be with with you and talking with you, and it's gonna be really incredible. And then um, Carrie's gonna be taking our yoga class too, which is gonna be really awesome. So check that out too, which you guys know where that is. It's on our website. Um, but anyways, thanks for sharing all that. That was oh, really, really, really inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I wanted to go back a little bit to, we kind of talked about this at the very beginning. Uh, where do you feel that you're misunderstood by the public? Oh, um, I must have not looked at this one when you sent me the questions. Uh, <laughs> misunderstood by the public. <laughs> I really don't like looking at them because I don't want to be yeah. like, you know, yeah. staged and produced. It's okay. No. I start to overthink. But no, I well, I mean, just the conversation that we have, you know, I'm, I have a very soft heart and I care. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a pleaser. <laughs> I like when people like me. I've been spoiled. Mostly people are very kind to me. Do you ever feel like people don't like you? Oh, yeah. What? Yes. I feel like everyone loves you. Well, I don't, I don't think so. Well, and also, so you have days when you wake up and you're like, I can't get to bed. Or you just feel bummed out and sad. Yeah, of course. Because like, <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> Listen to this. Help me work through this. Yeah. So every, I swear to God, 99.9% of the world is very kind to me. Um, whether they know my accomplishments or not, they're very, right. very kind. But one person, I'll be walking on the street. They're like the sunshine to me. And then my husband or someone else walks up that they maybe don't know, and they ignore them. And that is a reality that I don't know how to deal with. Because uh, my husband's like, did you just see that? I was like, no, they were so nice. And he's like... <laughs> So that's, that, I don't know where the hell that came from, but that's hard for me mm-hmm. because they can be nice to me, but they're not nice to my people. That is unexcusable. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, we're all humans. It's crazy. Yeah, I would totally agree. <sighs> Ooh. And I'm so oblivious. Like I literally think everyone's made of rainbows and sunshine, you mm-hmm. know? And so when I hear that, they just, I just don't know what to do with it. 
Um, anyhow, misunderstood. I feel like with regard to 1440, people think this is me giving it back to the AVP. This is like a middle finger to them or that this is just me doing self-promotion and trying to like hang on. Mm-hmm. And none of those things are mm-hmm. even any, any percent true, zero mm-hmm. percent truth to all those things. So, um, that hurts me because I feel like I've always tried to do great for the sport and I've been such a proud ambassador for our sport. And so for people to see this literally like legacy, my family and the maze want to give to our sport that is so deserving as something shady that is hurtful on my bad days, mm-hmm. my good days. I'm like, you're just kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you're oh, not getting it. I can definitely, I can feel that. Yeah. That would definitely sting for sure. Yeah. And especially because I think too, though, that, um, what is great about the fallout with AVP is that your inspiration shifted and your like thought process shifted to create something yeah. different. Yeah. And, but that doesn't mean that it's in retaliation. It just, no. it's like, that's how life happens and unravels right. as things, you know, one thing leads to the next. And then that's the process of life. Totally. things coming together because yes. of that. So I think yeah. that, I think that because of the timing of it, maybe that's why people say that, but it's definitely, um, definitely, or maybe not. No, that's a good point. For sure. It all happened very fast. But I do know that, um, that would definitely be something hard to breathe through for sure. Yeah. I felt like I felt it for you. Oh, I might even like connected to it. I know people defend and not like, I feel like that. Just know, because sometimes you feel like you're in a bubble when you're creating something new, right? And you're like, you're on a silo. Like, when Rogue One came out, Star Wars, Casey's Mm -hmm. like, that's us. Like, we've put out the call and no one's coming to help. Or like the Avengers, we're like, (laughs) everyone's misunderstood. You know, like, (sighs) it's just crazy times. Mm -hmm. So, um, but largely the love is there. Mm -hmm. And again, that's what we need to focus on. I don't like being misunderstood. I know. I want to defend and I want to justify. And that's certainly a flaw that I have that I'm working on. Um, but I care. Like, mm-hmm. I really care. That's what I want people to know about me and us. We care. <laughs> you, know? you do care. I can tell you care. Ugh. You know, I completely relate to that because I felt like, I feel like for the majority of my life, I'm, I'm, I'm working for people to understand me. And it's like, yeah. and it's something I've discovered about myself as far as my own growth is that when people misunderstand me, I get really, really upset. Like I, like it makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'll cry about myself because oh. I'm like, cause that's not my intention, of but course. like I've gotten, you know, emails before that aren't the nicest about one love and things that we're doing for one love. And, and it's, yeah, it's, you, you take it personally. Like yeah. it's a personal attack. So truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just reinforcement. It's just clarity. I mean, there's, there's positives to the negativity, right? But it doesn't mean it's easy for sure. What is one of the hardest things you've ever had to pull yourself through? Well, I I mean, I'm just, I think the obvious in life is like losing loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think something that doesn't relate to life and death was almost losing my marriage. On the way to chasing the second gold medal, I was literally so head down and focused on winning Mm -hmm. gold medal for four straight years that I lost connection with my husband, with my, like my family. Like I was just so focused and I took for granted that my husband knew what I was doing. Like I would write him love letters and I would just mm-hmm. travel the world. But I was gone, I think at one point, like 10 of 11 weeks, mm-hmm. like that's a different life, you wow. know? And yeah. And I worked really for hard. For four years. Like, uh, 
Certainly the last two years. Oh my goodness. Um, a, long a long time of doing that. And I, you know, and I would do these things to stay connected, but it was before FaceTime. It was, you know, this was like 2007, 2008. And, um, we totally lost track of each other. And so I was about to give birth to my boy, Joey. And Casey was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this is not working. And I was like, well, hold up. <laughs> You're like, wait, what do you mean? Wait, what <laughs> is going on? And I, I clearly knew things weren't great because I mean, that is a big deal, but it's just, it was kind of those things of, I didn't go deep with our issues. I'm like, we're fine. This is part of it. You know, like in therapy, my therapist is like, Carrie, the blessing and the curse of you is that you can walk a million miles with a pedal on your shoe. So you can, oh. you can suck things up and you can keep going and you have that. He's like, your husband, on the other hand, can walk five steps with a pebble on a shoe and he's done. And he, that's not calling him a wussy. It's just like our thresholds and right. our, our standards in life and for conflict and for discomfort were so different. And so it was just 2008, got pregnant with Joey, 2009, it was, it was, the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. And one thing that got me through it was my psychologist. He's like, Carrie, if just one of you has a tip of your baby toe in the door, you have hope. And I, I would look at Casey and he, he, you know, didn't want anything to do with me, but I knew somewhere inside of him, he knew mm. that we belonged to each other. <clears throat> and so we fought really hard. Um, I did a lot of therapy myself. He did his own. Um, and then we would do it together and we worked our asses off to come back together. And it's something that will serve me for my entire life. It'll serve us for our entire life. But it was really hard and really scary. Are you, how long did you go through that for? It felt like it was literally 10 years. Um, I think the slide probably started in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, that conversation happened like May 21st of 2009, like oh, wow. a couple, okay. a day or two before I gave birth to Joey. Wow. Okay maybe 40s. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we just, that whole summer after Joey was born, Casey was on the road for three months straight, uh, playing the international tour, doing what I usually did. Um, he came home, he went to rehab um, he was just in a dark place and he was, you know, reaching for alcohol and, you know, making decisions that weren't serving us or him really. He committed to go to rehab and to work on himself. And I committed to doing my job and we made it through. Oh my goodness, that's a yeah, lot. Wow. It was a lot. And we got pregnant with Sundance right away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really, you made up. <laughs> I know. Well, and my mom was like, you are out of your mind. How dare you bring another child with us? I'm like, no, we're good. And I knew yeah. in my heart that we would make it through. Yeah. But I didn't know. You know, like, Do you feel like you're stronger done. now because you went through all no, that? No doubt. Um, we are stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we both realize like I love him unconditionally like I am not going anywhere I adore the man when I cannot stand him I want him right with me <laughs> you know Aww. I just love him so much and I think that it was we had a real like our dating situation we had to fight through a lot of stuff our family my family didn't want us to get married like it was a really gnarly situation for many years <sighs> because I was so head over, head, head over heels mm-hmm. from day one I think it really scared them Mm-hmm. Um, on paper, you know, Casey had been married before he was raised Mormon. I was I'm a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he was kind of a beach bum. Mm-hmm. I was like, you guys, if he's a beach bum, I'm a beach bum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop judging, you know, but largely like the beginning of the end for 10 years was when I came home and professed my love. And I, it was literally after a month of us dating. And he was like, do not do that. Carrie, don't do it. And I think I had too many beers and I shared my love <laughs> and it was the end. 
you know? It was crazy. Crazy wow. times. Yeah. But it served, like, now my family loves Casey so much. Like, Casey literally texts my mom a couple times a week. Uh-huh. They talk. She's uh-huh. his go-to. Well, and how do you focus on training for the Olympics when you're, when you're, marriage is under turmoil like oh. that would be so distracting well that's the idiot in me i didn't even notice i didn't know like i knew after the olympics i didn't know before oh, so wow. yeah yeah because we were never together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just again oblivious and um you know yeah it was learned i will never i will never ever go back to that place i know what my priorities are clearly and it's not on the end result. It's on living the day. But that's what 1440 comes from. I wear it on my necklace. I gave it to Casey on a necklace. Like, there, you only have 1,440 minutes in a day. Like, live them yeah. with your priorities, not with something that's four years down the road. That's terrible. Right. I learned that lesson. It's like someday. Exactly. Gonna, someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's, it's BS. It's a lie. It's a trap. Like now is the only point in time right now and now and now is that we have any power. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the future, nothing two seconds mm-hmm. ago, you know. We have right now. Yes. And that. we're all so stuck in the before and after. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so inspiring. I love it. Uh, so I, I want to hear from you. Um, I, I For myself, I've been really, really, which has actually propelled me into this podcast so much. Um is reaching out to people that have really inspired and uh, been a huge part of the trajectory of my life. And, and I, it's come from the idea that there, I've just been so aware of everything in my life that I haven't gotten that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And every time I don't get something now I actually get excited about it because I know that there's something way bigger for me Oh, totally. because every single time that's happened. And I wanted to ask you um, something in your life that's played out that way that you wanted so badly, you didn't get it. Yeah. And what did, what did that lead to? I mean, there's a love scenario. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a good one. one. Yeah. So now like, you've got Casey, right? Yes. Yes. Heartbreak <laughs> to the man of my dreams. Yeah. Um, like, thank God for unanswered prayers. There's a song. Is it Garth Brooks? Yeah, it is Garth it's Brooks. Amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I ultimately, I think when all is said and done, the AVP fallout, mm-hmm. my split with my former partner, April, um, all of these things are leading to something just greater mm-hmm. than the sum of those parts. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. And I already, I already know that that's the case. Um, you know, today has been kind of an up and down roller coaster of the day with regard to 1440 and training and all these things. But it's, I, without fail, my entire life, if a door has been shut, if the heart's been broken, or if I have made a misstep or a failing, it's served a great purpose mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried. Yeah, it's one of those things that's always dicey to balance in the moment because your yeah. heart's like set on something. Yeah. And when it's pulled out from underneath you, it's like, wait, what? I know. It's like, just remember, Damn remember, like, look at all the things that have happened in the past. Right. That no, exactly. been no. I yeah. Know, I know. And sometimes <laughs> you need a little space or time away from that. Exactly. But my goal in life is to be happy in those, in those moments of the unknown mm-hmm. and the transitional moments where you're just like, okay, shit, that happened. What's next? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really want to get to a place of comfort even if it's slightly uncomfortable, but uh-huh. largely comfortable being like, we're good. You're a worker. You're supported. You're loved. You're loved from above. Like, it always works out. Uh-huh. So I want to catch on to that faster. 
you know, when those trying times happen. Yeah, that's the practice, right? It really is. It's a habit. Mm -hmm. Total habit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is, uh, what is, what do you want people to know that they don't know? So I did read this question. (laughs) I was going to say, did you not read this one too? (laughs) No, because it would be really hard. And you gave me like a cute place that you like, right? Is that what your example? Yeah. So I... (laughs) I, I appreciate that. I also that. gave you another one. Yeah. Oh, I think I read it. I gave oh, you, um, so I told you about Buddy's Diner in uh, Pacific Beach. I can't wait It's to a diner, home. everyone, <laughs> in Pacific Beach, and it's right next to Core Power Yoga in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Again, Pacific Beach. And um, I love Buddy's Diner. It's like this most amazing diner. What do you get there? It's diner food. All right. I love diner and food. And so it's like just the... There's something about that place that there's so much, the way they built it, I just can feel the love and I just want to support them like crazy. Yeah. But then my other thing I gave you was that I just want people to um, believe that anything's possible. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe kind of two different examples from myself. Well, I love both of them. And I can't wait to go check out Buddies. Um, I'm so, going to take you to Buddies. Oh, please. I can't wait. Yay. Okay, promise. Buddies were coming. Yay. Um, I'll come with an appetite. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this one. And like the gift and a gift in my life has been the realization that I am the creator of my, my own reality. Like the thoughts Ooh. that I think, the things that I read, the people I surround myself with. All of these things impact my reality, and they're all up to me. That's really powerful. And so what I would want the world to know is that. Like, you are literally the creator. If you're unhappy, don't look anywhere else. Look at yourself and get to creating something better and believe in it. Um, A couple people that I wanted to call out that have helped me, because I think having different voices within that space is really important. I'm a big believer in law of attraction. Um, Abraham Hicks. Yes. Is, oh, me too. I, I love that. I love her. And I, I've seen her in seminar and I love her. And she's, she's literally changed my life. Uh-huh. Tony Robbins is absolutely incredible. And he's a different voice kind of in the same mm-hmm. set. Wayne Dyer, who is mm-hmm. up in heaven now, yeah. but he, he's that person, you know, and, um, t- uh, Tom Bilyeu with impact theory, mm-hmm. like these people all have the same message. Some are more edgy, some are more fluffy, mm-hmm. but it's all about own your life, create your life, and go after what you want. And lead with love is a consistent theme with each of those people. And so mm-hmm. I would want the world to know that because I know it. Mm-hmm. It's not a question mark. It's not a question mark that I. it's up to me. Mm-hmm. Everything is up to me. And it's not like I'm lonely and I'm in this vacuum, but no, like my life is up to me. It's not up to you to make me happy. Mm-hmm. That was a realization when my husband and I got in a bad place. Like it's not up to him to make me happy. It's up to me, you know? We give away our happiness too much and our power too much. Right, and we blame other people. Yes. And right. that's mm-hmm. the victim mentality is something that I was not raised with. Mm-hmm. It was vehemently like, do not do that. Do not feel sorry mm-hmm. for yourself. Own your mistakes. Um, I think we need to mix that all together. Do you remember, uh, I I know you just mentioned the people that you learned this from, but do you remember life before them? Did you still kind of think that way a little bit? Were you sort of on that track or were you a totally different person? No. Yeah, that's a good question. No, this is inherent in me. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've, 
you know, it's like the older you get, you go through heavier things. Mm-hmm. And I've just been looking for some guides and for some support to support. Because people look at me, they're like, you're so damn naive. Or you're dumb. Or, like, you're choosing to be ignorant. And it's like, I choose to look at the positive. It's a choice every single day. I choose to believe that something better will come from this heartbreak. Like, that's that was my upbringing. So I think it's inherent to and me. And I think that's your innocence, too, though, is that you choose to see the positive. Because I... For me, that's how I see it. Like, oh. yeah. Well, that's yeah, and I. What, however, it is, it's like that's that's who I am. That's who I was born to be, and I think that's who I want to keep being. Mm-hmm. You know, but like as I go through hard times, it's like sometimes I need reinforcements. And mm-hmm. each of like I judge Wayne Dyer before I listen to him. And I'm like, God, he's so hokey. He's like on these like almost like <laughs> infomercial looking. He's not gonna watch that. And Tony Robbins, I'm like, look at this guy. Like, he's like larger than life, and he must be selling something like snake oil, you know? But like, what an asshole! Yeah, I he's am. got the largest presence ever. That you like that guy? Yeah, force of nature. Yeah, and but it's I don't like. It's just love, and yeah. I, I'm yeah. so mad at myself for judging them. But I wasn't ready for them until I needed them. Yeah, and now I have all of them. And Abraham Hicks, my girlfriend Roxanne Safai, turned me on to her, and man. There's a lot of help out there, like in support uh-huh. and really beautiful messages. And I listen to that stuff every day. And Tom Bilyeu, he's incredible. Like his story and his wife, Lisa, like they are powerful people. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself by that, what you want. And I, I do that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so cool too. I was literally just, um, writing, starting to write our newsletter coming out. And it's about yeah. that, like about what you, what you tell yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. We, we are. Man. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> and I say that humbly. We are. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, the tall and the small, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever in between. we got all bases covered. Yeah. So I feel that uh, because even though you don't really think of yourself as a celebrity, most people do, and because of all of your accomplishments, which are enormous, you had to have been, you've had to have had some really amazing opportunities to be a part of things. So I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you, like, what is something incredible that you've gotten to be a part of? Oh, hell. That you've been privileged to get to be a part of? I didn't read that question either. Man. <laughs> Too many for words. I mean, you can name more than one. Well, I'm just trying to think. Like, I mean, building P1440 is a dream mm-hmm. come true. Mm-hmm. Like, this would never happen without the journey that my husband and I have been mm-hmm. on in this sport. Um, and because of our accomplishments, I think we bring a little bit of legitimacy for sure. And every door, like everything on. from I feel like high school is set you up for P1440. I agree. I mm-hmm. fully agree. I think yeah. from birth. It's been coming. It's yeah. crazy. Um, Since age 10. Yeah. I, I truly, yes, because <laughs> my sport deserves everything. It deserves so much. It's given me so much. Um, but every door I've knocked on has opened. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, not that I get yeses all the time, but like people are willing to talk to me about what we're building and it's really wonderful and it fuels me. Um, we had this moment, I was with, I was a Gatorade athlete for a while and we sat in the Gatorade box for the Rose Bowl and I'm hanging out with freaking Michael Jordan, Mia Hamm, Charles Oakley. My what? husband is like having a bet on every play with Michael Jordan. Like we lost money to Jordan. Um, it was no way. so fun and he was just so dope, man. 
That man. I love is Michael Jordan. He's so yeah. yeah, he's just gnarly. I had like his Wheaties box hanging on my Oh wall. totally. Yeah. He's everything. <laughs> he's timeless. How fun. Yeah. So like things like that would should never happen. Like I don't and the Lance Armstrong walked in at one point. No like, way! Patrick Johnson. We're like, holy crap, this is it. Me and me as husband Nomar was there. Like it was just the oh my gosh. Full of people that our game changers, literally, you know. So that was really fun. So just kind of experiences like That's that. That's amazing. Yeah. But you know what I just yeah. thought of, Carrie, is I wonder if any of those people in that box said that about you. <laughs> There's no way. Like, would that be? There's no way. It was like 2005, <laughs> and I think we had won a gold medal. Um, no, we were freaking out. Like, we were kids. That's and it was incredible. It was literally, I don't know what surreal is, but Did it was take a ton of selfies and no, like, no, it was like before <laughs> all of that. <laughs> it was like 2005, man. All of, well, this is a, can I tell this story? Yeah. It's kind please, of, please, so please. we were competing <laughs> in Chicago and after the event, I think I, I think my Misty and I won and we were like celebrating that uh-huh. night and so down Chicago, downtown Chicago is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and so my husband was at the ATM, and I'm trying to think of the the restaurant. It's really famous, but we're in like the it's called the is it called the Viagra Triangle? It's something so inappropriate. I don't know. But it's just a really swanky area, and we're at this ATM. Casey's getting money, and I'm like dancing, being weird. And I'm looking, and this man is walking down the street, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Michael Jordan!" No. He had a fedora on, he had a cigar, and I was like, "Babe." <laughs> Babe, it's Jordan. And Jordan walks by. He's about to round the corner. And Casey goes, hey, hey, Jordan. And Jordan turns around like, are you really going to bug me? Can I cuss? Yeah. I've done it a couple times. And Casey looks at Jordan and goes, you're a bad motherfucker. And Jordan got the biggest smile and he walks down the street. And I was like, Casey, you're the coolest guy I've ever. Who does that? Like, <laughs> you just like made Jordan stay. Like, you know, like no one says that to him. Who's like, a, so who's someone that you would love to meet one day or that you really idolize? Oh. This is not on a sheet, so that's why you may not be prepared. Yeah, well, I'm just not very good at these questions anyway. Who would I would love to be? I would love to be, I did meet Oprah, but it was on you met Oprah? for a minute because what? we were on her show. It didn't really count. Wait, why does that matter? It was count? after the Olympics because I didn't get to like hang with Oprah. Did you shake her hand yes, or hug her? Yes, yes. Then you met her. I did Wait, meet you her. Wait, t- you had dialogue with Oprah? Yes, but it was, yeah, but it was scripted. <laughs> it wasn't, her part was scripted. But that's a big one. I would love to have like a real conversation with Oprah. Uh, that would be really fun. It's going to happen. I think it will. It's going to happen. I don't know why. She's going to be at one of but, your events. Yeah. Oh, that would be incredible. Yeah. Well, we're so aligned with her soul Sundays uh-huh. and everything. Like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of goodness in yeah, the world. Super soul Sunday here. You um, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> super soul Sunday. Um, Abraham Esther Hicks. Yeah. I would love to have a sit down with her. Does, do these people, does she know how much you learn from her? No, I don't think oh, so. I feel like you should tell her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. One day. Like send her an email. Oh, well, she probably gets too much word. But she just fills me up. Like, <laughs> thinking of that makes me happy. So Who's yours? Then I've been like, oh, Michelle Obama. Oh, yeah. Ellen. Ellen. Oprah. Her. She was really nice. Oh, clearly yeah, funny. Ellen. Yes, we went on her show. It was really What? Nice. Long time ago. Long, long time oh, ago. Oh, it's going to happen again because. I hope so. Rolling out the Major League Volleyball. Yeah, good. So, yeah, we need, we need yeah. her help. We the can MLB. really use your help. There's like so many brilliant people out there. Truly. I love, um, like I love David Letterman. Like people I do too. There. We want his show. He was like, my favorite by far. Oh, you like, did? By far my favorite. He was rad. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be fun. I think you're going to revisit these shows. I don't know. He doesn't yeah. have a show anymore. 
He, he has, has like a, a show called I saw Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. My next guest needs no introduction of what it's called. It's oh, good. is that what it's, it's called? Really I've seen good. it. Yeah. Okay. He had uh, Barack Obama on the first one. It was so good. Is that one of the best? Saw? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I love the Obamas. Mm. I want to like go to their house for Sunday night dinner. Oh, well, make it happen, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. I'll I be believe. Like, I'm like, here, I'm going to the Obamas. Yeah. Are you going to wait for Sunday night dinner? <laughs> Remember when we talked about this? Yeah. Right. I look forward to that. <laughs> okay. I have a couple more questions. I wanted to know what kind of music do you love? Sade mm-hmm. is my jam. Um, I like, I honestly like all music. I don't know if I like EDM. Is Shada going to play at one of your events? Can you imagine? No, we cannot afford her. Oh, okay. <laughs> but maybe, Darn. maybe one day we'll be yeah. able to. Maybe my husband's seen her like four times down. and I've never. <laughs> She's so amazing. Maybe she'll give you a discount. Maybe she will. <laughs> maybe. You never know. <laughs> God, that would be incredible. Do you have any pet peeves? Like things yes. that really get under your skin? Um, yes. When people slurp or chomp. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love just I love to slurp with my straw. No. Yes, I want to get every drip out of that cup. Oh, you're terrible. And then I also want to like um well I don't slurp my cereal, but I like to tilt the bowl. That's okay. But sometimes it makes the noise. Just make it quiet. My kids mess with me all the time. I was like, it literally like I have a physical reaction. It's so hard. It's not it's very petty, but I have an issue with it. Um A holes Uh and um no, but mostly slurping. Oh, man. But I wanted to do some fun questions just to get to know you a little more. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, shyster. That's really hard. What's on top? Um, <laughs> that matters the most. Ooh. So Rocky Road ice cream is my favorite, and that's ooh, chocolate. And that's but it's mix. my favorite because of the marshmallows and the almonds. Okay. So then you're probably more chocolate than vanilla. Yeah. yeah. I'm a two-scoop girl. I'll take one of each. Mm. Yeah. But chocolate, chocolate. Chocolate over vanilla. Yeah. Early bird or night owl? Aspiring early bird. So what time do you go to bed? Trying to go to bed by 10. Oh, that's early. Or 10.30, yeah. I want to wake up between 4.30 and 5.30. Oh. That's my goal. Dang. Because those early morning hours are like the most blissful, sacred hours. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking about that yes. for the podcast. But I don't want to sacrifice sleep, so right. I want my seven, eight hours and then wake up. And then if you wake up at 4 or 4.30, what, what, would, you, what would you do then do? Meditate. Okay. For sure. Start my day that way. My days are mm-hmm. always very glorious if I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have my coffee in silence. I'd read a book. I'd do nothing. How do you fix your coffee? Oh, man. I put in Primal Kitchen Collagen Creamer. Oh. It's vanilla. It's awesome. Yeah. It's okay. And so you get protein. You get collagen. It's legit. So if you are meditating at, say, 4.30 uh-huh. and getting your, drinking your coffee in silence, what time are you done? Would you start actually doing something else? Like, uh, or be done with your quiet time? What time? Whenever my kids get up. So I was doing, I did the 4.30 thing for a while. Mm-hmm. And after about 20 days, my kids were getting up at like 5. And I'm like, it's not worth it. Half an hour is not worth it. Because, you wow. know, the energy changes in the house. For so sure. I'm trying to be quiet as a mouse. But, yeah. They but lately, they're sleeping yep. in. Yeah, like I got up super early today and they stayed in bed. So That's amazing. Yeah. Are you messy or OCD? Well, clearly I like my piles organized, but I have piles. <laughs> We're not perfectionists in this house. <laughs> uh, but when you like put your groceries away, do you have to turn your labels to all face? I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do too, because I can see when I look in the cabinet. Oh, you're cute. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sweet or salty? 
Oh, I like the combo together. Mm. You're like, you want it all. Like, I you like to dip my, case in point, I like to dip my <laughs> eggs and my bacon in syrup a little bit. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't do that. No. There, you should go. There's this place called Gumtree, and they have this avocado toast with goat cheese. Oh, my God, I love avocado toast. Bacon and maple syrup. <gasps> and it is the best thing. Mm. You should stop by on the way home. That sounds amazing. Yeah, sounds really good. It. I would, I would go for that. Beach or city? Beach. Pizza or burritos? Oh, good one. Um, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard say? pizza. You did. Okay. Those are hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's I almost bad like, for burritos now. <laughs> oh, but I want both. I do I have exactly. to really choose? God, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Well, Carrie, this has been so much fun. Um, I'm so, uh, this has seriously been the funnest conversation for me ever. Um, before we go, I wanted to ask you a couple things. Is there anything else you want to add that you want people to know? And then two, can you just repeat again how people can learn about P1440 and where the, what they should look up? Thank you for that. Um, no, I think we covered everything. And if we covered too much, you guys, I'm sorry. Um, I'm a yapper. <laughs> Clearly feeling very yappy today. Um, P1440, you guys, you're all invited. Go to p1440.com. And again, you can follow at platform1440 and all social accounts. Um, our first event is a couple days after Kim's yoga event in September. So uh, road trip, <laughs> go from San Diego San up to San Jose. And we'd love to have you. It's going to be our, like the whole filter of what we're doing is that 1440. That's like a moment in time. We want to honor people's times. We want to make sure that you are, don't have one moment wasted with us and have a true experience and create a true community much like you have done. Um, and so I can't wait for people to experience it. It's going to be rad, but no, but thank you for listening and you're awesome. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks everyone. Thanks Carrie. My pleasure.